0: Larry Ray, known as the leader of the Sarah Lawrence sex cult, has been convicted of 15 crimes, including sex trafficking, extortion, and racketeering conspiracy. He has been sentenced to 63 years in prison. everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going oh
1: it's going we got a bunch of new snow last night wow you sure did
0: and now it's going to drop into the sub-zeros again and just freeze it all hard as a rock so you know thanks Ah. winter uh also happy Happy valentine's Valentine's day Day. (laughs) yeah (laughs) crazy well we want to get right into it because we are recording a little late on this one but we yeah. are here it is tuesday yeah. and this is our tuesday episode and we we have a lot to get to but i think we're gonna kick it off with a uh, dna for the win. yes where is the video for dna for the win? there well there it is <laughs>
1: Well, it looks like the video for DNA for the wind was hiding in plain sight, just like this perp was. So oh. let's talk about it. This is Tony Garcia. Okay. Tony Garcia. He looks All like right. his face is melting.
0: Just
1: he does. He he kind of looks like he has makeup on. Yeah a little weird. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. That's not weird. Just the picture of him is weird. But Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, this is him. uh, And Mm. for once, we get to report on a DNA for the win where the perp is still alive.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: We've done so many of these where they finally figure out who done it from murders clear back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. 90s. But the perp is dead and it sucks because then, you know, the families get to know who did it but they never really get to know more than that. So this one I thought was exciting. So Tony is 68 years old and he was a karate instructor in Mm -hmm. California for a long time and lived in the same community for more than 40 years. And last week he was arrested in the murders of a 1981 murder of rachel zendejas and 21 year old lisa gondek wow yeah so these women were both strangled to death and sexually assaulted and this is so sad two little boys that were delivering newspapers found the body of rachel zendejas which wow How's that for messing up your life? She was an mm-hmm. Oxnard community college student and a single mom. She had two little girls and she was in a carport across the street from her home. And her dead body was found on January 18th, 1981. Oh, wow. So apparently she had gone out for the evening and hired a couple of babysitters to sit with her daughters. And when she got home, she the kids were asleep. So she left them home asleep and uh, drove the babysitters home and then came back and never made it into the house before she was accosted and, you know, raped and murdered across the street from her home. home. So her case went cold uh, pretty much immediately. They really didn't have much to go on. But then in 2002, the Ventura County Sheriff's Lab uh, was finally able to obtain some forensic evidence that had uh, come from her crime scene. But And they did run it through CODIS in 2002, but there was nothing.
0: In mm-hmm. 2004,
1: they learned that a previously unknown suspect in her murder was now linked through DNA uh, to another killing, the killing of, of Lisa Gondack in 1981.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She was also living in Oxnard. She was a retail employee. She'd been out at a local disco with her friends and was found uh, dead in the bathtub of her apartment. So now they knew that the DNA matched uh, both women. So they knew that the perp was, uh, you know, had killed both of them or they suspected had killed both of them, Mm -hmm. but they still didn't have anything in CODIS. So then in 2019, they sent this uh, sample over to some of our good friends that do the reverse you know, family tree genealogy mm-hmm. kind of uh, DNA work. And they were able to track it back to this guy who did live there and was a karate instructor in that town at the time, Jeez. which I think it's really freaking sad that uh, he was working with kids.
0: Yeah, he was. Ugh, gross.
1: He had been in the Navy, was also a karate instructor. I don't think he is now, but he had been for quite a while and he's been arrested
0: well, so, good.
1: Yeah. So he's in court again on February 23rd. Uh, this is all really new. So we don't even know if he's entered a plea yet or what he's doing. However, they are also using this uh, DNA now to compare it against a lot of other crimes that happened in the general area during the time that he lived there to see if there's any chance he did more than this. Mm. Why? Why stop it, too?
0: Yikes. When he got away with it for so long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's always the questions I have, like, does this guy have a family? Is he married? Does he, what does the rest of his life look like? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously his uh, DNA was not in CODIS, so he probably hasn't committed or been caught for, not committed, but been caught for as a serious crime up to this point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What about the people that know him, love him? Are there people that love him? You know, what about all Mm the people around him? Can you imagine finding out Mm -hmm. that somebody that you know and maybe even care about back in the 80s was out raping and killing women? Mm
0: -hmm. No. Or is it
1: one of those cases where his family goes, yeah, that tracks, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, we've heard both in these cases where Mm families like, yeah, he's trash. We we're not surprised. And other people, they're like, we would have never guessed in a million years.
1: Right. Yeah. I can only imagine the upheaval it causes for people when arrests right. like this are made, you know, and, and no real sympathy there. It's just a just a comment, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. it, it must be pretty shocking. It, it
0: has to be, you know, even if a person you kind of know them to be not not the greatest person, mm-hmm. you still don't necessarily expect them to have been a murderer. Right. It's been just living their life all this time.
1: And, and a serial rapist. Yeah. yeah. But that's the other part of this that I think is somewhat fascinating. He, clearly he's never been arrested for sexual crimes where his <sighs> DNA would be in CODIS. Um,
0: so Which what, what gives? mean, he just didn't do it again or that or he, he has caught. assaulted people in his family and managed to keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yep.
1: So this is just barely, it's brand new. I'm, Curious to see it, you know, head to court and see what happens with it. But uh, yet again, another DNA case for the win. Yeah. Well, good. Happy yeah. To well, I'm going to kick the K ca- or the mic over to you for our main case.
0: Yes. You may remember Larry Ray. This is Larry. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Katie and I. Well, you you led this episode, but um, we did. You you did. We did together an episode okay. um, about Larry Ray at the time that he was originally arrested and charged yeah. with the crimes he committed against um, his daughter and roommates. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. You heard that right. Yeah. Um, who this all began while he moved in with his daughter when she was going to school at Sarah Lawrence University. Yep. And he, uh, they're calling this the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. And I think that is not a very good representation of what all went on, because yes, there was sexual manipulation. Definitely. Mm-hmm. There was trafficking. There was sex abuse on his part. I mean, those things did happen. There's so much more to this story than that.
1: It kind of cuts it down to the knees to just call it a sex cult.
0: It does. It does. Um, His. So he had been released from prison. He'd Mm -hmm. been in prison for three years. Yeah. And he was in prison on a parole violation related to taking his daughter. um, Talia without permission and without custody so basically he kidnapped her yeah and then um his parole was violated and he went back to prison because he'd been in prison for fraud Mm -hmm. and oh yeah he was a real shyster let me tell you a little bit about him he's just and then we'll get into what happened yeah at sarah lawrence i will tell you there is a documentary on hulu about this situation that is really good it is from the perspective of the victims it is gut-wrenching The psychological destruction that this man committed on these young people is unbelievable. Yep. Um, So I recommend that you watch it. I'll talk a little bit about that today. I don't even want to talk about most of it because it's so horrific. But that is what happened. Uh, Let's see. But let's talk a little bit about who is Larry Ray. Because, first of all, he's a big liar and a scammer. Mm Mm-hmm um he's from uh brooklyn new york um he worked on wall street in the 1980s and has worked as a consultant for a lot of different industries including insurance construction and gambling he does not have a college degree and he's one of those people that is a real uh smooth talker yeah got a lot of charisma got a lot of guts Mm-hmm. And so he's managed to get himself mixed up in all kinds of things that he should never have been mixed up in, but yes. he uses that as cred, you know, mm-hmm. that he's like this really important person. Um, he likes, he likes to talk about his time in the military. Um, he was in the military for a total of 19 days. He was in the air force. Um <laughs> 19 days. And mm-hmm. so he actually has the guts to tell people he was in the military, which is absolutely ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. um, did... a quick aside, do you think we've just discovered George Santos's father? I think maybe we have because it's okay. so similar. Um, he did have contact with some pretty well-known military officials. And so he used that um, to make people think he was much bigger in the military than he yeah. was because obviously he served for 19 days. Yeah. Um, he's also claimed that he worked for the CIA, although there is absolutely no proof that he ever Mm -hmm. worked for any intelligence agency.
1: That sounds like a typical lie,
0: you know? Right. Because it's unprovable. You can't, what are you going to do? You know, the CIA is very secretive. You, you can't prove that someone worked there or not. Right. Plus there's some kind of weird mystique, you know, around that, that, oh, The CIA. That's very important, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, one of those lies that like more stable people would probably be like, "This dude is so full of shit; it's just unthinkable." And more vulnerable people might be like, "Oh, he worked for the CIA, guys. He probably really knows." Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, and he, you know, young, kind of gullible people definitely fell for him. Mm -hmm. So in the 1980s, he had some. He owned bars and nightclubs in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. He had Club Malibu and J.J. Rockers in Scotch Plains. Um, And because of that, he knew a lot of politicians from New Jersey and New York. And got to be friends with a man named Bernard Carrick. Mm -hmm. Um, And they apparently hung out together, worked out together and rode motorcycles together. Mm -hmm. So Carrick was the commissioner of the New York Department of Corrections in the nineties and Ray was his, the best man at his wedding. So they were fairly good friends. Um, Let's see. So Larry also knew Frank Di Tommaso and he was part of the interstate industrial corporation. Ray worked there, I guess as a, as a uh, security consultant. So these were fairly big, Bigger named people. Mm-hmm. And so in in Larry really used his connections to these people. There were there's a big scandal around Carrick. Okay, so Di Tommaso hires Carrick's brother in one of his companies, Interstate Materials. And so Di Tommaso gave Carrick $165,000 in illegal free renovations to his Bronx apartment. There was some exchange that went on there. So there was a big scandal around that. Um, So Carrick went on to become the New York City Police Commissioner in 2000. And then when he um, he was nominated as potentially the Secretary of Homeland Security in 2004. But this whole thing about him accepting these free um, apartment renovations came out Mm -hmm. and he had to withdraw his nomination. So there was this big scandal around that. So when Carrick was being investigated, uh, Larry Ray kind of got in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and cooperated with investigators when they were looking into carrick and Di tomaso and so in 2006 carrick pled guilty to misdemeanor charges of accepting illegal gifts and failing to report a loan um and he also pled guilty to federal tax fraud and making false statements to officials Uh uh just so you know uh president donald trump pardoned carrick really yeah but oh, in the midst of this, that. Larry Ray kind of gets a big head because he helped bring down this, you know, big politician, basically.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, he also aided in criminal investigations with the Tomaso. I testified against him in a 2012 perjury reti- re- perjury trial um, in which Tommaso, D. Tommaso beat the crap out of Larry Ray for that, which <laughs> resulted in some neurological damage oh good lord so you know he's kind of just keeping himself centered in these things Uh to make himself look big like he's got these big connections and he knows all this stuff and he'll take you down yeah yeah so um he before carrick was convicted of fraud um he introduced Ray to an FBI agent named Gary Ewer and Ray started, said he was going to work as an informant for Ewer on a pump and dump scheme that had to do with Eddie Garofala, who is, uh, was in the Gambino crime family. So then of Mm -hmm. course he gets all mobbed up, right? (laughs) So you were, and Ray would meet several times a week, and he was supposedly involved in in being an informant with the FBI. Yeah. Um. So the FBI actually installed a security system in Ray's home because they were worried he might get hit by the mafia because he was informing on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but actually, what was really going on is that Larry wasn't informing. He was trying to... <laughs> cover his involvement in that scheme. So of course he was right. So he and 19 other people were charged with securities fraud because he offered a $100,000 bribe on Garofalo's behalf. And so he was trying to keep that information from the FBI. And so that's why he was Mm -hmm. pretending to be an informant. I mean, you just see the web of ridiculousness. Okay. So, um, he got five years probation for that, which is mm-hmm. like not enough. Yeah. Um. So then, these are just some of the things he's claimed. He claimed to have aided a ceasefire in Kosovo, mm-hmm. um, and he had a letter from NATO expressing their appreciation for his help in this. Wow. Um. So apparently he was kind of around because he just inserted himself in all kinds of things. Um, He seemed, he had connections as we know, mostly Mm -hmm. illegal ones. Um, And he, I guess made a couple of calls to try to help uh, Chris Donnelly, who was a NATO official. And apparently everyone that made that was involved with that, it all got that letter, but it implied He used it to say that he was a a big player in in that. So then (laughs) he also says that, you know, he was the one that brought together Mikhail Gorbachev and Rudy Giuliani. He's George Santos's father. You can't tell me different. Right. I think you're absolutely right. So (laughs) he said that he befriended Mikhail Gorbachev's interpreter. Mm -hmm. And that was Pavel Palashenko. And he swears he arranged a meeting um, between really Giuliani and Gorbachev in 1997 um, on behalf of Carrick. Um, (laughs) He just insisted that he made this happen, but we don't actually know if he did or not. And he most likely didn't. Mm -hmm. So he then he had a bad divorce with um, Talia's mother. Her name uh, is Teresa Ray. She divorced him in 2004. Um, report to the police that he had hit her. Um, unfortunately, he really turned Talia against her mother. And so the police were told that by Larry and by Talia that Teresa abused children. And Ray was given temporary custody of Teresa, or of uh, Talia and her sister.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For a while, um, even though that was not true, but they made yeah. face they made false police reports and a whole bunch of stuff. So of course, oh yeah, true bullshit. Um, you know, scammer style. He he villainized Teresa, even though there's no proof that she was abusing her kids at all. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, a forensic examiner did determine that he had coached his daughters on what to say. Um, and and to turn them against their mom so yeah finally he gets charged with um, interference with child custody bail jumping contempt of court because he wouldn't turn his daughters over to an aunt at Thanksgiving in 2005 uh-huh so uh, all of this takes forever okay he doesn't plead guilty to these charges until 2010 mm-hmm. so, He spent six months in jail for that, and Talia lived in youth shelters instead of going back to her mom because he had screwed her head up about her mother so much that she could not go back to her mom. And remember that because there's so much more of this when he gets involved with Talia's friends and roommates. Um, Whenever anything went wrong in his life, he just turned it around that it was a government conspiracy against him. Mm -hmm. He was very sure or made everyone around him very sure that he was uh, he knew a lot of things and he had a lot of connections and that made him a target mm-hmm. and that high up police officials were always trying to be, you know, go after him. I'm um, sure. Yes, Larry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super important, right? Mm-hmm. So very important. That's what he made himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been diagnosed with a bunch of different um, personality disorders, histrionic, <laughs> narcissistic personality disorder um also when he at one point his defense team said that he has characteristics that are strongly suggestive of pseudologia fantastica or a munchausen's disorder so not by wow. proxy but of himself aha uh-huh. interesting yeah. right a psycho this this is really important he had a psychological evaluation during his custody battle over his children and the examiner said Ray is able to manipulate and control almost any situation in which he finds himself, including a psychological interview with a forensic forensic examiner. No matter how experienced that examiner may be, Mr. Ray is very good at what he does. He can be utterly charming and one can be disarmed by his childlike simplicity and smile. But Mr. Ray is no child. He's a calculating, manipulative and hostile man. So this is really important because, you know, this was already known about him. Yeah. So after he served time for the probation violation, uh, well, there was a probation violation that was tied to securities fraud. that And that also had to do with his custody battle with his yeah. kids. When he gets out of prison... He goes to New York. Talia is now in a dorm at Sarah Lawrence College. Mm -hmm. And he just moves in with her. Can you imagine this? Do not do. Right. She and other college.
1: If I learned that there was an adult dad living in the dorms where one of my kids lived, I would absolutely lose my shit. It's not okay.
0: No, it is absolutely not okay. Yeah. And so, you know, he did he 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 acted as a self-help guru and counselor of this group of students, okay? And he did a lot of things that many cult leaders do, which is one of the things he did is called love bombing. Mm-hmm. So, love bombing is he was super supportive. He was always there for them. He cooked for them, he bought mm-hmm. meals for them. He was just the dad of the house. So this mm-hmm. total stranger just moves in and and when you see the interviews of these kids they say there was never a conversation with talia like hey my dad needs a place to live can he live here it was just right. he just showed up one day and then never left mm-hmm. and so he's living with these kids and he starts helping them yes um he would spend hours and hours talking to them and he started you know, he's helping lots of people. He's helping them all to feel better and be happier. And, you know, and so then the kids kind of started to buy in and kind of vouch for him that, Hey, Mm -hmm. he's a really good guy. He's around. He really wants to help all of us. He's really supportive. Yeah. Well then, and I don't know. I really question whether he came into this with this intention or he was just broke ass and living there and realized how easy it would be to indoctrin- indoctrinate these kids. Right. Because at one point, it goes from being, I'm the big self help guru, to mm-hmm. he starts psychologically manipulating these kids to the point that yeah. he's literally rewriting their childhoods. Mm-hmm. He's convincing them that they were molested or they were abused. He convinces yeah. one of them that she has schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah, all of, none of this stuff is true, right? No. But in in doing this, no. he's isolating them from their families. Suddenly, they're that they, you know they have these memories all of a sudden that they've been molested by their dad or whatever. And how could their how could they ever go back to their families? And so he they he's isolating them from their families so that they're only listening to him. And then he's you know basically he's got them. Yeah. And he would talk to them. the, the, the psychological abuse was unbelievable because he would just talk and talk and talk and talk at them for hours and just break them down until they would agree to do what he wanted them to do. Um, be, you know, anybody it's, it's kind of like, um, interrogation techniques that are used that, you know, you interrogate somebody for 24 hours straight and eventually they just agree with you. Right. Right. Um, trying out those old
1: uh, CIA techniques he learned.
0: Yes, apparently. Or he's just a really manipulative asshole. And, you know, he's a narcissist. Uh, He just wanted people, um, he wanted to be able to control them. And as a part of this, he would deprive them of sleep. And they would just get hysterical. And then he started getting the kids to believe that he was in danger because he knew all these important people and he'd done all of these amazing things. And he knew things that, that uh, made higher up law enforcement want to kill him. And because they were now associated with him, they were at risk of being killed too. And so they had to yeah. stay with him to be safe. Yep. And you know, it took years. I mean, they were involved in this for 10 years. Right. Um. And, and most of that kind of stuff would come out after he'd kept them up all night. Yeah. So they're just exhausted and their defenses are down. And before you know it, they're believing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they basically become his acolytes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To the point that he um, was forcing some of the the girls to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And with strangers. He trafficked them. Mm-hmm. He videotaped these encounters and threatened to post the videos online and send them to their families. Mm-hmm. Um To keep them from leaving and reporting anybody. It's so Um, horrific and gross, all of it. He told them that they would recover from their childhood past sexual trauma by having sex with him. Oh, my God. Cult leader, anyone? Yeah.
1: He's now their sex therapist, of course. Yes. And remember that not all of this trauma was actually trauma. It didn't all happen. No, a lot of it didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the victims said um, he did this with everyone. He rewrote everyone's childhood and he said all kinds of horrible things happened to me. Mm -hmm. He had me saying that my dad had prostituted me and that I was sexually abused by him. All sorts of horrible things that just were not true. Yep. So some of the kids get away from him over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, But a woman named Rosario and another woman named Isabella They stayed with him for 10 years. Yep. Um, Then a New York magazine article came out about him that kind of blew this whole thing open because some of the the people who'd gotten away from him Mm -hmm. were desperately trying to get these other women away from him and they just wouldn't leave.
1: But they could see. Wasn't one of them a sibling?
0: Yes. There were siblings that kind of got twisted up, and one of them got away, well, and the other one didn't. Two sisters and a brother. Right. That's that got right. Twisted up. Yes. Um, and Isabella actually has been charged as a co conspirator in the sex trafficking and, ex- and extortion part of this case, yeah. which I have to say, I think is absolutely horrific and mm-hmm. disgusting. She was very much a victim first. Oh, yeah. And in no way deserves being charged with anything. And her family is fighting that really hard. Right. um, Because. No, he's just destroyed that girl
1: beyond all belief. And she just has not been able to come back from it.
0: All of these, you know, I call them kids because they were kids at the time that it started. But in the interviews, in the Hulu documentary, it's heartbreaking the kind of damage he's done to them. Even the ones that got away. Have, are just they're never going to be the same, the way no. that he messed them up.
1: No, he has ruined so many lives. You know, of course, starting with some of his friends, his family, his ex-wife, his children, and then yeah. move on to these people. I the the amount of uh, destruction that he's left in his path is pretty
0: unfathomable. It really is. It, it's not horrifying. only did he
1: destroy these kids, but he destroyed their families.
0: Yeah. 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 He did. He destroyed all of it. Yeah, because they were because yeah. one of the things he was doing was extorting large amounts of money from all of these Right. Kids. He was either forcing them to work in the sex trade and taking their money or he would say that one of them broke something. Eventually, they're all living in this apartment that is supposedly his apartment, although they're all paying for it. Right. And if they broke something or they upset him, then they owed him money. And they right. were literally getting money from their parents. The so one family figured they paid him about $300,000. And that's the family yeah. that the two sisters and the brother were involved at one point. Yeah, um, And
1: it, they, they didn't necessarily break anything. He would just no. say that they did and gaslight them into uh, believing that they must have done it.
0: Yeah. It was all bullshit. Every well, bit of it. Partly
1: by conspiring with others. Yes. Right. He would convince someone else that this happened. Yeah. And then the, he would... Help, they would help him to convince the person that he was attacking, yeah. You
0: know, or so and say, so says you did it, so you yeah. did it.
1: She was yeah, there, she saw it happen,
0: yeah. It's so screwed up. It's they figured that he extorted about a million dollars from these kids God. in one way or another, whether it was through forced sexual labor or you know, getting yeah. money from their families, yeah, or or whatever. Yeah. so he uh finally did go to court mm-hmm. and was found guilty he was convicted on 15 counts of sex trafficking extortion and racketeering cons- conspiracy mm-hmm. he has now been Yay. sentenced to 63 years in prison he is 62 now mm-hmm. so basically the rest of his life in prison Good. yeah um I really really hope for Isabella Pollock's sake that they can find a way to drop the charges oh, against her i think it is so too. wrong i mean a poor girl on, is not talking syndrome and, uh, she's yeah. not she's not she was so severely psychologically physical physically sexually emotionally abused by this person
1: yeah it's
0: it's just wrong it's kind of like oh. the teenagers that did some of the recruiting for jeffrey epstein
1: yeah. who
0: had been victims themselves first. It's a similar kind of thing. Definitely. So yeah. I'm really hoping that, you know, Isabella yeah. Pollock won't actually be convicted of anything. There would be no justice in that. There would not at all. At all. Yeah. So that's basically the story of Larry Ray and the um Sarah Lawrence sex cult which is just much more than that, but I mean, he absolutely has all of the features of a cult leader. Oh yeah. And at you know various times had quite a few of quite a few acolytes that he did some incredible damage to. So mm-hmm. if you're interested there is a um a documentary on Hulu. Uh, yeah. I honestly only watched part of it because it is it is heartbreaking the mm-hmm. damage that he did to these kids.
1: Just these young people that were in college trying to make something out of their lives. It's just starting out, you know. Well, and it and seemed like this was a nice dad
0: who- who cared about them and wanted yeah. to help them mm-hmm. and by the time they realized that wasn't true they were in so deep with him that mm-hmm. they was just destroyed no their life yeah it has so fortunately i don't think he'll ever see the light of day again fingers crossed yeah. and with that katie i think you're gonna wind us up today with some wtf news oh am
1: i yeah many thoughts on this uh, story uh, upcoming but uh this is the uh this is what's in question That's <laughs> Right? chicken wings oh boy chicken wing chicken wing well anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> uh for just a moment go back to your grade school experience uh, middle school experience with the And just wonder for a moment, some of you probably had wonderful lunch ladies that you adored. Some of you probably had lunch ladies that you were terrified of. Mm-hmm. Um, both, I know we certainly did. Um, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, some mm-hmm. of both for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: I still think about a lunch lady to this day, not from grade school or clear up into high school, but she was a grade school or a high school lunch lady and she was very unpleasant. And then after I graduated and a few years down the road, I got I had gotten married and I was pregnant and I was substitute teaching. Um, but I looked young, super young. And I was eight months pregnant. So I had this enormous pregnant belly. And I was sub- substitute teaching at the high school and I went through the lunch line. And this mean old biddy looked me up and down and looked at my belly and said, Isn't there a special school for girls like you? <gasps>
0: oh <laughs> what
1: and I was so shocked I didn't know what to say I had to pause for a minute and finally I looked at her and I said I am a teacher at this school I mean I was a sub but you know mm-hmm. close enough I had some college under my belt anyway but right. uh anyway uh I've never not been shocked about that and thought about how
0: so rude
1: honestly 46 year old me would have marched down to the office and raised hell about that right I didn't I should have Because if she said it to me, she said it to every girl she came across that she thought she could judge. But I also, when thinking about lunch ladies, can't not think about that old uh, Farley skit from SNL, Lunch Lady Land. Lunch Lady
0: Land, my favorite, yes.
1: But I'm going to tell you about a different Mm -hmm. lunch
0: lady. Oh, Oh, sorry.
1: Right? (laughs) Lunch Lady Land. Okay, well, anyway.
0: (laughs) Look it up if you haven't seen it. It's excellent.
1: Oh my gosh, it's Adam Chris Farley Sandler.
0: and uh,
1: Adam, Sandler. Uh,
0: Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great.
1: Funniest thing in the world. Anyway, but this isn't quite so funny. This uh, is really pretty shocking. Talking about, well, a lunch lady, a lady named Vera Liddell. She's 66 years old. And Vera saw COVID and COVID funds as a way to, well, get rich like a Mm -hmm. lot of really shitty people have uh, Mm -hmm. during the COVID era. Mm -hmm. And Vera was in charge of ordering. She was a lunch lady. And she was in charge of doing the ordering of food for her school district uh, in Chicago. And finally, after an audit, well, what they discovered actually is that uh, last year in 2022, the school district blew through their food budget. They had gone three hundred thousand dollars past their food budget, with half a school year left. Last last uh, winter, they discovered what? Yeah. So that was really confusing because they had get, been given all this extra money because during COVID, when the schools were closed, schools were still funded to provide meals. And a lot of schools did like a Meals on Wheels kind of thing or like a Mm. drive-through situation or whatnot. But kids could still come to the school and receive like a sack lunch or something if they needed it. And Mm. so uh, there'd been quite a bit of extra money given to the schools to provide these uh, services so that kids weren't just going hungry. Because we know that for a lot of kids in poverty, the food they get at school may be the only food they get that day. Right And definitely right. the only nutritious food they get that day. So at any rate, this school district had been given quite a bit of extra money to help fund some COVID-era feeding of children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, how then? How could they be $300,000 past their food budget with a half a school year left to go? Yeah. Well, that, of course, triggered uh, an investigation and uh, audit and a deep dive into their, uh, their finances. What they discovered is that the person who does the ordering, dear Mm -hmm. Vera, had over the course of the last two years ordered 11,000 cases of chicken wings from Gordon Food Service. In fact, the Gordon Food Service employees all knew her due to the massive amount of chicken wings she would purchase. Everybody knew who Vera was because she was constantly coming back for more chicken wings, like an astonishing amount of chicken Mm -hmm. wings. To the tune of 1.5 million dollars oh my
0: god that's a lot of chicken wings
1: you know the school never served one time
0: chicken wings
1: why they're not allowed to chicken wings aren't on their approved menu because of choking hazards and just because of nutrition i was thinking
0: like i don't ever remember having chicken wings as as a school lunch item there's not
1: enough protein on them you'd have to serve kids a huge pile of them to meet the nutritional requirement Mm -hmm. and the the choking issues. Like, it's just not something that is served. Uh, But she had bought $1.5 million worth of chicken wings during that time (laughs) that had been delivered to the district. So where the hell did they go? Where in the world did they go? Well, that's what they're trying to figure out right now did she uh did she sell them to restaurants that's what they think happened but they haven't been able to prove that quite yet but that's what they're working on um (laughs) oh she picked them up so there was uh there's surveillance that shows her personally picking these wings up in a district vehicle in a district van so every so so often she would official
0: like she's Mm -hmm. doing what she's supposed to be doing
1: So every so often she contacts gordon she orders a massive amount of chicken wings and they load up the district van and she drives off into the sunset with them so she has stolen 1.5 million dollars from the school district and 1.5 million dollars worth of food from children my god in exploiting covid era money and, and a more of a lack of supervision because the schools were essentially closed mm-hmm. and now she's caught and they're trying to figure out where the hell 11,000 cases of chicken wings have gone.
0: Right? I mean, she had to be selling what—selling them to a distributor at a cut rate or something. Maybe, or just to restaurants. Or... Mean, could put a restaurant just buy cases of chicken wings out of the back of a van? From a district van? Who yeah. said, we have
1: a big surplus of these and we need to sell them? I mean... Maybe she could put together a story like that and people who are more than happy to buy cheap chicken wings to serve to their customers would be fine to accept Maybe. that story.
0: But then they were paying her direct, her. too. I mean, they had mm-hmm. to know You'd think so. something fishy was up. Mm-hmm. I yeah. bet it's a distributor, like a food distributor. They're right. I bet it's one distributor uh-huh. that she's got. Because, you know, you don't want too many people. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to go, wait a minute. This is right. She mm-hmm. was, somebody's in on it with her. But um, I have so many
1: questions. How long has Vera worked for the school district?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How many other weird purchases have been made that maybe just hadn't been caught? Um, this is a new story. And so they're still working on figuring out uh, all of the details. But I thought that was wow. pretty wild. Wow.
0: That is terrible. What the mm-hmm. hell?
1: Yep. So, Vera, you suck. You're going straight to the top of the FOS list. Yes, you are. There you
0: go. Wow. Well, thanks for that. Now I (laughs) can't can't wait to hear. I was buying those damn chicken wings. What did Vera do with all that money that she's still a lunch lady? Right. She's still working there. Yeah. You'd think you'd be smart and get the hell out, you know, but maybe she got greedy. Maybe. Usually what happens. Wow. That's true. Maybe well, she has some kind of
1: refrigerated warehouse somewhere that is full of these chicken wings and she's still trying to
0: move them. Who knows? Oh, God. Holy shit. Well, wow. well, this is our Tuesday episode. <laughs> we <We're> will <gonna> be <laughs> back on Wednesday with a another episode. We'll be back Wednesday night for Wednesday Night Case Updates. If you are a member of our YouTube channel, we will be back also Wednesday night after Case Updates for the cold read party which is uh a members only kind of deal we have a lot of fun with that so lots more to come this week so please don't forget to like subscribe share and comment it's always appreciated and you absolutely. know absolutely we are the true crime squad thanks for being here take care happy valentine's day do something good for yourself mm-hmm. <laughs>